Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. This week's episode features Dave McDermott. Dave is a masculine empowerment coach. This conversation revolves around purpose, sexuality, and understanding women. This is a really potent conversation. This week's podcast is sponsored by Lifecycle. Lifecycle are Australia's leading medicinal mushroom growers. They're focused on solving global issues using mushroom biotechnologies. Lifecycle's magic mushroom ranges enable and enhance states of well-being in delicious and convenient drinks. My personal experience with medicinal mushrooms is that in the last four years that I've been taking medicinal mushrooms as a health supplement in my morning tonics, I have not been sick for the last four years. My personal favorites are Shaga, Reishi, Cordyceps, and Lion's Mane. A little bit about them. Shaga is great for your immunities. Reishi is great to recover and de-stress. Uh, Lion's Mane is great as a nootropic. And Cordyceps, great for performance. At the moment, the guys at Lifecycle have been, they've been so generous, so kind. They're really supporting the work that the Inspired Evolution is doing and they love the vibe that we're all about. So they're offering the listeners of the Inspired Evolution for Mushy May, for this month of May, 15% off anything that you want to order from Lifecycle. So I'm completely humbled by this generous offer of theirs. So find your way to their website. Check out what's on offer. Again, my favorites are Shaga, Reishi, Lion's Mane, and Cordyceps. And get yourself 15% off. 15% off comes with a discount code with the name Amrit, A-M-R-I-T, my first name. Chuck that in there. Upgrade your health. Look after yourself. And tune into a yummy conversation here. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution, and it is such a treat to be coming back to you today with Dave McDermott. Dave, how are you, brother? Good, thanks, Amrit. How are you going? Yeah, awesome, awesome. So awesome, and actually somewhat apologetic for the first time ever to start a podcast like this. Um, 
So for those listening in, um, Dave and I actually recorded a podcast for you guys last week and it was epic. I really enjoyed it. And you cannot even imagine my dismay as when to I went to discover that the podcast didn't record. We had technical issues and there was a glitch on my end and uh, I lost the podcast. So Dave, in all his graciousness, has decided to come back on and share his wisdom because he knows how important his message is for all of you. And I can't wait to share that message with you all. So I'm really honored and grateful that you've decided to come back. So thank you so much for that, Dave. Absolute pleasure. And uh, for those listening in, um, Dave is a masculine empowerment coach. Uh, He's got a passion for helping good men relate to women more authentically. Um, And that fundamentally so that they'll have more healthy romantic lives. Um, His personal story is one of growing up with uh, sexual repression um, and working through the effects of that, which led him to deeply explore his own sexuality and his own masculinity. Dave runs the Empowered Man program, and uh, this is for men, and he leads workshops and retreats both in Australia and around the globe. Outside these arenas, you'll probably find him being humble, surfing a wave around Byron or sitting back <laughs> with a cup of tea somewhere peaceful, just chilling, doing his thing. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's such a treat to have you here today, bro. Thank you so much, Amrit. So I want to, um, I, it's, it's interesting for me to, to, to do this because we've, we, <laughs> I sort of know your story, but I also yeah. have to dive back into it. So this is an awesome dance. Um, mm-hmm. I think a, a place that we started last time, and I think a really, a really vital place to start is, you know, it's always a great way to learn through storytelling. So, um, like you met, you, we, you, you obviously, um, don't hide behind your own story of, uh, of sexual repression. Um, you, you've discussed that quite a bit. So maybe we can start there just through yeah. what your own journey was with, with um, being se- like experiencing sexual repression and perhaps that'll give people an idea of what it is that that looks like. Yeah, cool. So I grew up with a lot of sexual repression, um, not so much like a Christian or, I guess, super religious environment, but very similar. I grew up in a cult. Um, what I call a cult, a, an organization that was spiritual and philosophical and about 30,000 people around the world, kind of a little bit like the Osho organization, I guess, um, something called the School of Philosophy. And uh, there was a lot of cool stuff to that, like in being introduced to meditation at the age of 10 and that sort of thing. Yeah. But one of the unhealthy parts was this no sex before marriage idea, yeah. which uh, was fed to me from my earliest memories by a bunch of different people in the organization. Yeah. Um, and long story short, I took those ideas on really strongly, um, as well as the idea that sex is going in one direction and spiritual enlightenment is going in the other direction, and I have to choose between one or the other rather than integrating the two. So that led me to be a virgin until I was almost 28 years old, um, and even after that, sex was still pretty mediocre and shallow generally. I, I ran away from emotional connections with women and also really struggled to relate to women I was attracted to. Um, I, I was basically really messed up around my sexuality and relating to women. Um, and I had to work through that. And you know, for a good, a good while, I didn't actually know where to get help or really what, what was at the bottom of um, the frustration and confusion and inadequacy and insecurity that I felt. Um, I finally went on a coaching course in LA um, with the Rich Lipton community and got into shadow work for the first time using gestalt type processes, which later on I got into the Mankind Project, you know, their eye groups for a while and um, they, you know, took the shadow work further. But it was the first time that I actually cracked into the feelings of shame, fear, 
anger, sadness mm. that were underneath all of that um, stuff about the sexual repression um, all the times, you know, where I'd completely bummed out with women. And uh, I, I actually finally released all those emotions. And uh, I remember going home after this evening at this course and sobbing my guts out in my Airbnb room in L.A., and it, when the tears were done, I just had this really strong clarity that I wanted to help men who had struggled or were struggling around um, their relationships with women, how they were relating to women. And uh, although at the time I, I still had my own growth and work to do in that area, that was the beginning of starting to work with men in this space. And it's been a really beautiful journey so far. Mm, thank you so much for sharing that. I um, Wow. <laughs> yeah. Hearing it again is, is still just as deep and profound. Um, there's so much in that. Um, I think the something that really strikes me is having done um, having done a few of these podcasts now is that it's often um, our greatest challenges which form the bedrock of our greatest service to our communities. And mm -hmm. um, as you shared that, you know, like you you just touched on that again, super humble, just saying that you know, like there is a lot of your own growth to sort of go in that space, but that has become your offering, um, mm. you know, and I, I, I feel much the same way, you know, meditation and trying to like be a personal coach and guiding people through this do a lot of my own work to do, but it's given me so much that it, it's invariably something that I'm so inspired to just continuing to, to share yeah. with other people. Um, can you, can you share a little bit of insight around that? Like, like what, like that must be a really interesting process, no? Like where it's gone from something that was, um, really holding you back to then now mm. empowering others yeah. to, with something that was holding you back like mm. um yeah i mean the things that I, one of the things i really struggled with was uh just being authentic in how i was relating to women um and i would put on a mask of confidence and it, it took a while to get to that point where I actually put on a mask of confidence, even though it was still inauthentic. I mean, before that, I, I'd do nothing. I'd just be the guy that walks home on his own and doesn't do anything. Um, but when I realized, you know, where, how inauthentic I was actually being and it was all this shame that I wasn't owning, um, I, it was an overnight turnaround. And I just owned, I decided to own the shame that I'd carried and be really honest about it. And I started to be really upfront with women, with friends, with my parents, um, with anyone I spoke to, that this is this was my story, and this is this is something that I'm no longer ashamed of. Mm. And I, I settled into such a state of relaxation that I'd never known before, um, because I I'd been wearing a mask, and it takes energy to keep a mask up. And when I finally dropped the mask and just basically said, "Here's me," like this is me. And I'm not hiding anything anymore. You can you can ask and you can you can probe, but I'm not keeping secrets. Um, it was it was absolutely life changing, and my romantic life changed overnight. Um, I finally uh, easily attracted women who were really amazing, really awesome women um, that I formed emotional connections with, even though at the time I, I was in an exploratory phase and being really upfront about that. Mm. But I, I enjoyed hanging out with these women um, outside the bedroom as well as inside, which uh, wasn't my pattern before. It used to just be sex-based. It was really shallow. Um, and then it led to, you know, depth and ultimately um, 
diving deep and, and going on the journey of commitment, which is a whole other story. It's mm. a really beautiful journey that I'm now on. I um I am aware that those listening may find it difficult to relate to your direct experience um, of uh, sexual repression, but I think mm. it's important to um to then just anchor in the idea of uh, sexuality and shame and how that's that is quite obvious that in our society um, there's a lot like those two are, are quite heavily coupled um, mm. and it may not be as uh, severe for most people as your experience of it. But it is—it's definitely underlying there, yeah. Like, is that—that's obviously part of the work that you do, like um, helping people through their shame with sexuality. It is, and it's a controversial topic. It's one that you know, when I talk to men, um, guys are usually quite guarded because sex is so taboo, and it's—it's yeah. not—they're not used to someone exploring around. You know, how where do you carry shame around your sexuality? How's your self-pleasuring life? Um, how's your sex life? Like it's. <laughs> And it's, it's, it's something you need to navigate very carefully. But um, one, once a trust is established and once you know, there's a, um, a strong, authentic relationship there, then it's uh, a really beautiful conversation that can happen. And guys for the first time can talk about their sex lives and what they want and where they're uh, in pain and what they're really struggling with and what's needed to help them. Mm. There's a, you keep mentioning this, it's almost like you refer to shame and then behind the shame there's authenticity. Mm. It's almost like the shame is just a, like this cloud that's in the way or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I, what I've discovered is that the greatest shame buster out there is bringing shame up into the light where it can be seen yeah. over and over and over and over until you can share of yourself, you can share whatever it is without feeling the shame anymore. Um, my experience is you can deal with shame mm-hmm. and uh, you know, the authenticity is there from the start as soon as you start sharing it um, but the shame can reduce and ultimately leave you so you're really left with a, just this really beautiful relaxation and I, I mean the authenticity is there as soon as you start sharing. I really love um, I really love your message about <laughs> about relaxation. I'm sure we'll get to that um, slowly and surely. Um, but the idea of um, I guess I keep bringing up shame because it's to me there's this there's this I this it's the why is it so hard to articulate what I'm saying? Sex is anti spirituality, you know. Um, there is. Why is it in the interests of all these institutions that help us with our spirituality, with help us with our insights, even society as a whole, which is ultimately there for the betterment of all of us, right? Um, why is sex so taboo? Why is it so repressed? What's like, any insights on that? Mm. Because it's so powerful. Mm. And when people discover the power of it and that it's something that, um, they can uh, embrace and enjoy on their own journey without needing to follow advice from others. You break free of a lot of the um, restraints of society, a lot of the limiting blocks and cubicles that uh, people live in. And there, I guess there's some kind of entity, whether it's a person or government, whatever, however you look at it, which doesn't like that. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, and that, that from that basis, our whole, our whole you know organisational structure of government, business, etc., has been developed. I mean, sexuality in the workplace is such a big no-no. You know, the expression the expression of any sexuality. I mean, imagine if everyone went to work nude. You know, the the, the police would be there within five minutes. Um, you know, sexual harassment is such a such a massive topic, and and of course, rightly so. But you know, particularly in the workplace. Um, sexuality is just banned mm. because it's seen to be such a danger to order. Yeah. Sort of this idea that sex is chaos, which in a way it is, but mm. uh, it doesn't need to uh, go completely all over the place. It can, gu- it can guide your life to deeper and deeper creativity and purpose and uh, deeper connection with your spirituality as opposed to just being this crazy force that's misguided. And, I, yeah, I think... The, the organizations and um, structures that we live within don't, aren't, they just weren't created with that principle and they see it as a, a great danger. Mm. I think there's something, um, we'll definitely talk about purpose in just a sec. That'll be my next question. Um, I, I want to just touch on the, the creativity thing because I think that's, that's pretty much my understanding of. Um, of just uh, sexual energy at the moment it's you know for me it's it's amazing because it's all when you start stripping back all the i guess models and all this stuff that society puts mm. on us it's fundamentally um we're human beings we're procreating we create that's our mm. greatest form of creativity is to be able to contribute to this like cycle of life mm. and there's nothing more creative you know and so uh, i feel like creativity which is, you know, whether it's playing your guitar, whether it's, you know, creating an event, whether it's uh, creating a podcast, <laughs> um, you know, is so vital to your energy and who you are and, you know, your, your health ultimately. Like I keep expressing that, you know, because I work with a lot of people that are, um, uh, I don't want to say that they're depressed, um, but I guess mm-hmm. some people are. I wouldn't be honoring their state if some people weren't. So, yeah, some people yeah. are depressed, right? And a lot of the times the way through that is to get creative and to express because when you're depressed, you're literally depressing into your system further and further your creativity. You're not honoring your creative gifts. Mm-hmm. And uh, I look at that as being something uh, quite simple to understand because when something's not creating more and more abundance for nature or it's not in the creative cycle it's degenerating because basically Mm. that's when the moss is eating it the fungus is getting to it and nature is trying to reabsorb it back in to create something new that can be creative from the Mm. molecules that that previously was and so creativity is vital and then when you look at you know it may be coupled with chaos um, but it's just that freedom of expression that comes out of creativity as opposed to the systems that are in place at the moment which are you know very backed by order and yes uh, there's that lack of creativity um it's an interesting time because creativity is definitely coming into the workplace um Mm. it's now people are starting to realize that maybe the pendulum's gone too far into that structure and that order and that perhaps creativity needs to come back in yeah well i really resonate with that and i'm guessing your listeners uh you know are the kinds of people more who are really breaking the, the traditional structures and are looking for answers elsewhere. Um, when, it, when it comes to sex, uh, like in, in the Empowered Man program that I run, one of the three areas is sexual empowerment. Mm. Um, and to, to give a taste of what that involves, um, we, we take guys through a series of self-pleasuring exercises. 
that they practice in the privacy of their own home mm-hmm. um, on their own. But there's a letting go of shame side to that. But then there's a expanding pleasure side to it and exploring his relationship to his ejaculation, um, exploring his sexual energy, exploring what mastery of sexual energy means. And, you know, a lot of guys have never heard of this or have just heard of bits and pieces about Tantra or Taoist sexuality. Um, and as they go on the journey, they have mind-blowing experiences of being able to orgasm without ejaculating, um, being able to last much longer without any pills, mm-hmm. um, and being able to hold higher levels of sexual pleasure without ejaculating for quite a long time. And my experience is you've got to experience that to understand it. I mean, I can say that, but it, it needs to be experienced to really go, wow, this is this is not just a stupid idea that someone's um, coughed up. Like, I just had an, a non-ejaculatory orgasm, and it was the most mind-blowing, pleasurable experience of my life. Um, and like a, a, a bigger part of that conversation is the energy that you work with and the transmutation of sexual energy where you can actually build up a huge amount of sexual energy and use it in your work, use it in your purpose, use it to go out with the clients that you serve, with the people that you work with and have this really fine, powerful energy but really beautiful energy um, that's um, your sexual energy that you've you've worked worked with and cultivated that you have in in your daily life. And it is like a superpower. It's a beautiful thing. So let's talk to that. Um, this being my next question, <laughs> purpose and um, and sexuality, um, the coupling of those, because I know that's a big part of um, of what you do, and I'm, I'm most intrigued by this because for me, purpose and health are one and the same. Um, I, I harbour and share this message that if you're healthy ultimately you're on purpose and if you're on purpose you're healthy if you're stressed out it's literally all the chemicals in your body screaming at you letting you know you're not doing what you were put here on the planet to do and that's why your health is flicking out so you'd pay attention to it and then realign your purpose to calibrate to where you're meant to be Mm. Um, so I have and and for me your message about sexuality and purpose um, couples then you know health with sexuality and so mm. I'm really intrigued by um, what you have to share on the sexuality and purpose. Mm. Well, I think they're inextricably linked. Mm. I think uh, the journey of exploring sexual self mastery goes hand in hand with the journey of exploring purpose. Mm. Um, so my my experience has been that as I've, as I've worked with exploring my own sexual energy, um, I, I've had insights, breakthroughs, depressions, highs, lows around my work, my passion, my passion in the world. Um, the basic principle, that I, as, I, as I see it, is you need energy to live your passion. You need energy to do amazing work in the world. And when you're doing your passion business, um, or as an employee doing something that you're really passionate about, but you're purposeful in what you're doing, you need energy. You can't just turn up and sit in the chair and watch the clock tick and then go home. Um, and if you're, if you're throwing all your sexual energy around um, and you, you do that as a man either by um, constantly objectifying women, you know, using heaps of porn is another, is another way to 
really waste a lot of energy, in my opinion, um, and ejaculating heaps. Like I, I don't advocate zero ejaculation at all. Like there's a there's a way to ejaculate that is actually energizing, um, and you know the two second version of that is build up lots of sexual energy beforehand and relax into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's not black and white, and every situation is different, and every guy has to find what works for him. But sexual energy is, I believe, our greatest energy. And when we go out to go for a run or um, go out to do business, go out to do a deal, go out to um, sell, a, sell a new program you know, that we really believe in and we want to um, be a success, you need energy for that. Um, you need to be radiant. And I think sex and sexual energy is at the core of that. So for those um, tuning into the idea of what like that means, because for some people maybe the idea of like how does what is sexual energy? Um, how do you how do you make that? Um, can you articulate that in a way that is like? Is there an example where you can demonstrate mm. what that actually like in a more grounded sort of sense for yeah. someone that is just let's say the suit and tie going into the going into the boardroom? How does yeah. how does his sexual energy have anything to do with what's going on in that meeting in the boardroom? So for the suit and tie going into the boardroom, yeah. let's say there's a woman, a young, a young attractive woman, you know, really beautiful, really voluptuous. He walks into the boardroom and there she is. Um, my experience in that situation would be I would experience arousal, mm. um, which is beautiful and very natural. It's the way that we're wired. And that's experienced as like heat and flushes throughout the body, you know, from starting in the genitals, but actually going right around the body, down the legs, up, you know, tingling in the stomach, um, hot flushes in the in the face. I mean, there are greater and lesser degrees of intensity of this, but that can happen in an instant. Um, it's, it's sexual arousal, and that that's how sexual energy feels in our body, you know, at that first arousal point. I a lot of guys in that situation can see that as a threat and, and see that as, shit, I'm, I shouldn't be feeling this. I'm in a boardroom. I need to shut this down. And they kind of bottle it away. Mm. Um, same when guys are out in public. Not, of course, it's not just in the boardroom. You know, a lot of guys see this as predatory energy and it's, and it's wrong and they need to bottle it away or shut it down somewhere. Right. But that just, that like bottling, what is suppressed will express. Uh-huh. And bottling it away isn't healthy. Um, equally, throwing it on the woman is also like that is predatory. Like, um, and that's more the arsehole type, the pushy guy. So, uh, what I've just described is what I would, is what I call like the nice guy or the arsehole ways of relating with sexual energy. But the healthy way, in my view, is to own that energy, to feel it in the body and see it as beautiful, see it as natural, and enjoy it. And let it let it move around your body and be okay with it. It doesn't mean you need to do anything with you know the the object that the object of attraction with the um, person that you're feeling aroused towards. You can just say this is beautiful sexual energy in my body. Mm. That that's a bit of what I mean by sexual energy. Right, right, awesome. Um, and so for those that are curious about aligning to their purpose, what does that like, how does aligning to their sexuality align them with their purpose? Well, I mean, I, I, I really love your questions about sexuality and purpose. But my, <laughs> my experience is that 
I, although I, although I uh, talked about them being very much related, I think there's a component with purpose that um, it sort of stands on its own. Right. And that bit I see as one of the first and foundational bits with purpose, which is the question, what's your purpose? Yep. And um, as a coach, like and in my journey, I've met many people who have been really frustrated around this question um, as, I, as I was myself, as I was myself for a long yeah. time. Um, I've been in coaching, uh, I'm in coaching courses with rooms of 150 coaches where half the, half the room was in frustration around that question and half the room had cracked it and they were, their frustration was around how do I take this out to the world now yeah. successfully. Um, and, yeah, questions like, what do you want written on your gravestone? Mm. You know, it's just confronting, but it's a really awesome question. If you had $20 million right now and you never had to work another day in your life again and never had to worry about money, what would you do differently? Mm -hmm. And why aren't you doing that now? Mm. I think these questions are really important. Yeah. Um, they, they bugged me since I was about 16 years old. Um, they led me into, you know, I, I sort of did engineering at school because it was what looked like the least boring option, which how, how wrong I was. <laughs> um, and, I, and I went into school teaching, you know, I, and school teaching was really satisfying. I, yeah. I experienced deep fulfillment for a while, but then I burnt out and got disillusioned. Yeah. I, ran a, I ran a charity in, that taught young people um, about leadership and how to coach, uh, how to coach people powerfully. Mm. I went into business consulting for a while, and that, that didn't float my boat. Mm. Um, but when I really cracked the, the feelings, as I described earlier, around my sexual repression and uh, got deeply in touch with my emotional body and the trauma there, um, I was really clear. I want to work with men. I want to help empower men around their masculinity, sexuality, and in their relating to women. Yeah. So that, that I see it, it stands alone. And then, you know, the sexual side of actually how you cultivate the energy to go and do your purpose in the world, that's, a, that's another conversation in itself that we just had a little play with. Yeah, sweet. I love that. So with your... Um with your sexuality and then you, uh, uh, what was coming up for me when you were sharing that was um, it's not just our sexuality that's also repressed. There's also this idea that was that just sort of came to me was that our emotions are also repressed, right? Is mm -hmm. there a, is there a, is there, a, is it probably the same symptoms of the one sort of thing? Like, because we're also experiencing well, emotional shutdown as well as sexual shutdown yeah. in our society, right? Yeah, I definitely believe they're linked. So, so I, I work with men and uh, one of the areas that I'm really passionate about is um, a healthy model of masculinity for yep. men. For me is the empowered man. That's yep. the that I work with. And the, empower, like the traditional model is um, the stoic model. Mm -hmm. the, man, the man who grew up and his dad and his dad's dad and his, da his uncles and his, his friends and other peer groups and mentors and teachers and coaches and you know, sports coaches, all those things, um, they were tough. They were... They were um 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Men who did not encourage expressing emotions, but rather encouraged physical expression of strength, um, of kind of holding your face in this chiseled, permanent uh, show of um, quiet confidence that, you know, Nothing ever moved you. Yeah. Uh, kind of the alpha male sort of uh, outlook, you know, violent to other men and gentle towards women, but very, very much pushy, dominant, um, where uh, being vulnerable, sharing of your emotional life was seen as weakness. Mm. Saying things like, I'm afraid, or um, I, um, I'm feeling really frustrated, was seen as unmanly, as weak. And what I stand for now is a model of masculinity that uh, sees vulnerability as a sign of strength, mm-hmm. not weakness. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a big part of my work in the world is shifting that uh, model of masculinity to see that what real men cry. Um, yeah. And they're able to hold space for a woman's emotions. So when a woman gets upset, when a woman uh, expresses her strong emotions, they can actually hold space for that um, because they're in touch with their emotional life. Yeah, they're able, they're able to communicate about emotions. I mean, that's an ideal. No one's perfect, and of course, we all um, we all get upset and we all make mistakes. But as a general principle. Um, a man who's able to understand that women need to express their strong emotion and be able to respond to her with the question when she's upset, what do you need from me right now? Mm. Rather, rather than shutting down or heading off to the pub or getting or getting angry, um, which a lot of guys default to because they just don't know what to do. Yeah. 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 I, uh, there's a... I think this will segue perfectly into, I guess, the lack of understanding that men have of women, which is, um, you know, I've got this story for myself, which is, you know, I spent nine years going in and out of the gym and really like working on myself. And it was a, it was a mecca for me to really like, before I had mindfulness and meditation and all of that, it's probably the first place I experienced just that release of endorphins, but also just like everything else that I was thinking about would obviously um, just ease into the present moment when I was working out. And I remember I used to like get exorbitantly big, like really big, like just like bigger than my skeletal structure needed to be. 
Um, and looked great in a t-shirt, but uh, wasn't really functionally fit. And mm. I remember when I was living back home, I had these two like two really big pit bull looking dogs, <laughs> and and uh, mm. and I used to and. At the time, I look back now and I see that image of myself and I find it hilarious. And mm. I share why is because at the time, um, I thought that that was attractive. Mm. Um, and it was attractive. But what I've come to realize, it was that was attractive to other men, not other women. <laughs> yes, that's right. And I realized, and it took me a while to sort of discover this, that um, in my pursuit of becoming attractive to the opposite sex, I had no understanding of what was attractive to the other sex, that it was yeah. actually my sensitivity, it was my vulnerability, it was my yeah. ability to, you know, like hold space in a conversation um, for you to explore yeah. yourself, you know. Yeah. It was this idea that I'll be strong and I'll be built and I'll have like these really interesting exactly. goals, you know, and I'm this real, yeah, like this, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, can you sense my presence, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and then now I look well, back and it's like I spent that whole time just impressing other men because that's all I understood was myself, which was a man. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's so interesting that you describe that. Uh, like having the having the really mean dogs and the built body as presence. Okay. Yeah. Yes, it, it's a kind of presence. Yeah. Um, I, I, this area of understanding women is the third area of the Empowered Man program. Mm. And in in the program around understanding women, there are five components, uh-huh. which um, are what we what we share to men around what women really want, what a quality woman really wants in a man. And the myths are things like looks, muscles, social status, size of bank balance. Um, and it's true that those things do have attraction at a certain level, mm-hmm. but they're secondary. Yeah. I call them secondary attractors. Um, there, there are things that a really cool woman wants far more than those things. Yep. And those things are presence, and you mentioned presence, mm. Um, so, but when, when I talk about presence, I mean the ability to stand in front of a woman and just hold a quiet, compassionate eye gaze with her in mm-hmm. silence without feeling uncomfortable, but actually feeling deeply relaxed. Um, being able to go onto a, you know, a salsa floor or five rhythms or whatever sort of dance floor and um, move with her in dance without needing to talk to her to try and impress her. Mm. Uh, to go out on a date and just listen deeply and be in, more interested in her than trying to be interesting. Mm. So that's, that's the first uh, principle is presence, then integrity is number two. Yep. So living a life of integrity, which means being 100% honest about who you are and being 100% authentic and upfront about um, what you're available for and no secrets. So full integrity is number two. Three is purpose. That he ah. lives. A, he lives a life of purpose. Yep. Um, he does. He has something in the world that's bigger than him. Yeah. And women, women love that. Like it means he's not. He's not going to be obsessed about her because he's got something in the world that's bigger than him that he's devoted to. And to the point where, if the relationship ends, he would be very sad. But he would continue with his purpose until another woman came into his life that he wanted to be with. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't place his entire life on, on the woman that he's with. And women love that. Yeah. They, want, they want that in a man. Mm-hmm. Um, the fourth area is emotional vulnerability. 
which we just talked about. And the fifth is sexual confidence, being relaxed about his sexuality and having a really beautiful and um, empowered relationship to his sexuality rather than objecti objectified, porn-based um, relationship. Mm. So, that, yeah, that, that's what I believe strongly is the, is the empowered man mm -hmm. uh, and what real presence is yeah. and, what's, and what's really attractive to really awesome women. I love that. Um, yeah, it all seems really, uh, um, how would I say this, really... The word that's coming to mind is grassroots, <laughs> but it doesn't seem mm. to fit the context. But that's that's the sentiment behind it, so it, it feels really real. Um, there's something you touched on in there, which is what we discussed actually in our last podcast, which I'm I'm keen to get back into, um, and we won't sit there forever. But um, just the idea of purpose and freedom, mm. um, especially for um, those that are that are masculine. Um, because if you remember, I shared with you that my understanding of, um, of sexual energy was that, you know, I, I, I find it quite, um, there's probably a whole nother conversation to have around that, um, mm. is that it, it can be quite insidious at the moment. Um, if you spend time in um, spiritual communities, um, people tend to, you know, for me, spirituality um, has a lot to do with unity and oneness. Yes. Um, that's fundamentally how I approach my spirituality is about unity. Mm -hmm. um, celebrate diversity, but it's all about unity. So that, for me, when I walk into some circles and I find people are trying to preach uh, feminism and preach masculinity and they're coming from mm -hmm. this, uh, what feels almost mutually exclusive type sort of thing, I mm -hmm. find that really, like, I find that in the way because it's like you're meant to be trying to help people with their spirituality, but mm -hmm. you're, really, you're really just pro, like, but what about merging and the unification of the two, you know? Yeah. Um, and I understand it's like there's a lot of healing work to be done on a particular type of energy for a particular individual depending on where they're at and their life experiences and what they've gone through. Um, but I use that as a caveat to sort of explain why I don't really tune into um, sexuality too much for myself personally. For me, it's all about creativity yeah. uh, because it's creation. And then the one thing that does help me anchor into whether something has a feminine frequency or a masculine frequency um, is love and freedom. And we talked mm -hmm. about this. And so for me, feminine is the drive for love. So that nurturing essence, it's like I want to love you above all else. Um, yeah. For me, as soon as that shows up, um, that's, that's the feminine in action. That's feminine energy. Um, mm -hmm. So co-creation, nurturing, um, you know, looking after each other, that, that is all for me feminine energy. And then, you know, the, the idea of freedom is immediately masculine. Um, so the freedom, the bold, the, the daring to be different, um, you know, and on some level um, they seem somewhat mutually exclusive, right? Because like on the mundane, I guess, Love is like all about being all inclusive and freedom has this idea that perhaps it's like me being mutually exclusive and going to do mm. that thing to be free to do that. But ultimately, like if you try and transcend the mundane, I believe that they're actually dancing the same dance. Love and freedom are spiritually one and the same. You're, you're free to love, you know, that's, that's mm. the gift of being a human. Um, anyway, that was <laughs> deep and long and winded and <laughs> a lot of Amrit talking. Um, but I, I, I put that just into, to, uh, put some bedrock of context for my next question, which is, um, 
I personally feel like I'm a man with feminine energy mm. because for me, my, one of my greatest operating systems is love and harmony. Yeah. Um, and I do value freedom and purpose is massive. You know, I help other people like that's my work is, you know, the coach and the mentor and the trainer is to mm. try and help other people f align to their purpose for sure. Mm. Um, but what drives me is a love for them, if that yeah. makes sense. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's that, that love and nurturing and that care. And I'm aware that in our relationship with me and my partner, she's, she's driven by freedom. You know, she, she mm. loves the ability to, the freedom to express herself mm. is, um, is what drives her. And we have this touch wood, like blessed relationship. Mm. Um, but I think it's worth like then diving into that chat about what is necessarily a male is not necessarily masculine. What is necessarily yes. female is not feminine. Sorry, yeah. I've talked for so long. <laughs> <laughs> well, I 100% resonate and um, what you described is very much you know, the message of David Data in the world, the guy that wrote The Way of the Superior Man, okay. um, that we, uh, the, the essence of the masculine is the urge to freedom and a lot of that is about purpose and having purpose in the world and for the feminine, the essence of the feminine is the flow of love, right. which often the focus is on relationship, relationship being more of a priority than purpose. Yeah. Uh, not exclusively, but just more of a priority. Mm -hmm. And that whether you're a man or a woman doesn't necessarily mean that a man's masculine and a woman is feminine. You, it sounds like for you and your partner, you, you know, that you're, you're a man with more of a feminine essence and she's a woman with more of a masculine essence. She has that urge to freedom, whereas you have the urge to express love. Um, and I, I think these areas are really beautiful. And I think whatever someone's essence is, they can cultivate an integrated approach. For me, I grew up and I've always had a very strong masculine essence. So I always have had that strong urge to freedom, you know, desire for adventure, thirst for physical challenge. You know, that's, that's a really big part of my life. And I love that. It's part of the nature. But um, I've, I've worked on and I continue to work on cultivating my feminine side. And I, some of the ways I do that are through meditation, through yin yoga, you know, long stretches, deeply held, where I get to just be in silence for a long time, um, expressing vulnerability, being in relationship, um, just the growth journey of being in relationship for a man, I think, naturally will open up his feminine side if he's not in touch with it already, mm. um, cultivate his sensitivity. So I, I totally resonate with that. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so I think now is probably, I'm not sure if there was a segue there, but we're going to have to talk <laughs> about Tantra at some point. So, <laughs> um, and is I think, now the time? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> right. Now, 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 now. <laughs> um, yeah, just the idea of, uh, I think before I, um, I guess if I was to phrase a question, it would be around the idea that, um, most people believe that now that we've been talking, I guess, for those reading between the lines about sex and spirituality, um, and there's a whole school of, I guess, Tantra, which is an Indian philosophy around all of that. Um, now, I think most people unassumedly, uh, incorrectly assume that um, Tantra is all about sex um, mm. and attracting the opposite. Um, it probably is all about sex, but it's a lot to do with your relationship with yourself, correct? Totally, yeah. Well, like tantra is a huge world, and when I hear tantra, I 
I hear sexuality, ex yeah. exploring your sexual self, but also more than that, exploring um, being, exploring true being and stillness. Um, okay, when, when people go exploring around you know, mastering sexual energy, the very idea of mastery kind of brings in the idea of control. And what I've noticed is, like working with men who are interested in this area, guys often go, go off and they read The Way of the Superior Man, they read The Multi-Orgasmic Man by Mantak Chia, mm -hmm. um, which is a Taoist-based sexual self-mastery approach, and they get into control-based practices, which are really powerful and I believe essential at the beginning of that journey. But like anything, like with meditation, you can fall into a rut where you've got these techniques which you hope to bring you results. And in the end... The, par the paradox is that what you're really aiming at is surrender, letting go, deep relaxation, which techniques don't bring. Um, they're anti-relaxation, they're anti-surrender. And this is really challenging when you get to that point. But I, I believe the essence of Tantra is relaxation and being able to just, uh, when you're in a high state of arousal, like that, this is really practical, when you're in a high state of arousal and you're, you may be practicing uh, squeezing your PC muscle and a certain breathing practice to let go and just open up to whatever happens, I just want to surrender into this experience. Whether you ejaculate or not, to be okay with that and to treat that as perfect. Um, it's, it's, it need, again, it needs to be experienced to be understood. I mean, I can say words, but words aren't really adequate to describe um, what true relaxation in sex can lead to. Um, it can really lead to a dropping into a perfect flow, which is not the result of any effort. Where ejaculating or not ejaculating is not the point. Um, but it's a very beautiful embodied experience mm. that is entirely in your body, not in your head. Doesn't require fantasy, doesn't require porn. Um, and whether you're on your own or with a partner, you know, self-pleasuring or lovemaking, it's truly beautiful either way. Mm, insightful. Um, for those that are, I guess, uh, intrigued by um, Tantra, what's a good place for them to sort of start in that case? Like you mentioned that Tantra for you is relaxation. So where yeah. does one, like where's the, where's the thread on the carpet for this? That, helps it unravel a little bit well three three areas that really um help to to explore this are working with breath mm -hmm. relaxing deeply and being really present with your physical sensations yep. um, two books that i'd recommend for people who are at the early stages of starting out on this journey uh um, Urban Tantra by Barbara Carellis is one of the first books that I read about Tantra. Really, it's like the word, the name sort of says it all, Urban Tantra. Mm -hmm. she, she looks, she's, look, she's done her best to take Tantra out of the jungles and into the everyday home. And yeah. it's really practical, lots of exercises. And the other is Legendary Lover by Helena Nista. Ah, so, uh, yeah. Her methodology for having great sex. Now, Helena is my partner, so I want to be really upfront. I am, of course, biased. <laughs> but um, even though I'm, I'm Helena's partner, like I've, I've um, done her online programs and I've read her book, and they were a big part of 
my journey towards becoming multi-orgasmic. Mm. So those, those are two um, book recommendations. Yep. But fundamentally, if you were just, if you were just going to focus on one thing, yep. I would focus on breath, mm. slowing your breath right down uh, consciously and deliberately. As we approach orgasm, our breathing gets more rapid and our muscles start to contract as we prepare for a, a big explosion. Mm. Uh, but you can actually re uh, pattern that default response to relax as you approach your peak. And as you get high, more highly aroused, actually relax even more. Mm. And the, the breath, slowing down the breath and slowing it down all the way through from the beginning to the completion of the, the experience is a really powerful way to help relax. Yeah, wow. That's uh, that's all. I, uh, just reflecting on uh, how potent breath is, it seems to keep propping up in uh, absolutely everything. I, um, mm. I'm on a musical journey at the moment and uh, the breath keeps showing up. And uh, I've been meditating for many years now, and it's like mm. the cornerstone. No matter whichever way I start to like work on new things, new things, new things, different modalities come into the frame, but it always is just anchored back at the breath. And now this as well. <laughs> so mm. All about that connection to yourself, and I guess all the good stuff seems to come from the breath. It does. We we have a lifelong love affair with our breath, <laughs> from the first breath to the last breath. It's yeah. with us all the time. Yeah. It's our longest relationship. Mm. Put very poetically. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, so you mentioned a couple of books that were in there. Um, is there a, okay? Is there a particular? Uh, how do I frame this question? Is there something about sexuality that is most commonly um, the most common sexual? How do I say this? The most common sexual energy ailment that people come to you with. The most common sexual energy ailment. Well, premature ejaculation is um, is reasonably common, a lot yep. more common than a lot of people I think realise. Right. Um, so that uh, that would definitely be near near or at the top. Mm -hmm. um, the I mean premature ejaculation. I I don't define it as. Um, you know, the way the medical community might, I define it as ejaculating before you want to. Right. So if you make love for an hour and you ejaculate and you didn't want to, to me that's premature. Uh -huh. Pre premature ejaculation to me is having choice, having full choice over ejaculation yep. and ejaculating when you want to and otherwise not. So being empowered in that situation. Totally. Cool. Okay, I'm not surprised that that was the most common element. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. And um, you mentioned a couple of books. So obviously, Urban Tantra, Helen Nister. I think last time you were on, you also mentioned the works of um, Esther Perel um, and also Jack yes. Warren. So, yes. Yeah. So they, they stray into the relating side as well. So um, Jack Moran is, you know, his... his a really pioneering sex therapist passed away now, um, oh. and Esther Perel, you know, is a um, really experienced couples therapist based in New York, and the, the two, you know, are very closely related in their work. Um, Jack Moran sort of took the work that Masters and Johnsons did, which was pioneering at the time with their sex sex coaching, and sort of led to the modern world of sex coaching, yeah. and took it to a new level. 
um, exploring people's peak turn-ons, which he yeah. found a really challenging area to go into, but he did it and it caused a big stir. And <laughs> it's fascinating. He, he has four peak turn-ons, yeah. um, four pillars, four, four erotic cornerstones, as he calls it. And I'll, I'll see if I can remember them. I know one is violating prohibitions. Okay. Which sort of leads to the whole world of kink. Yeah. Uh, one, <laughs> one is search for power. Uh-huh. That would make some uh, sense. So search for power around how we relate to our sexuality. Uh, one is overcoming ambivalence, mm-hmm. which might sound interesting, but you know, relationships become, uh, long-term relationships, ambivalence around sex is inevitable. And actually overcoming it can be a turn-on in itself, how couples uh, respond to ambivalence popping up in their sex life. Um, and the fourth one is longing and anticipation. So cultivate. how can you cultivate a sense of longing and anticipation? So his, his book, Jack Moran's book, The Erotic Mind, mm-hmm. uh, goes into this deeply. I highly recommend it to listeners. Yep. Um, Esther Perel's work is, is very much around that. And as a couples therapist, like one of the, I think one of the greatest challenges of our day is maintaining sexual passion in long-term relationships. Mm-hmm. And her book, Mating in Captivity, uh, focuses entirely on that. <laughs> so at the risk of putting out, putting out too many book recommendations, falls, falls enough. Well, it's, uh, it's awesome because they all have, like, amazing names. <laughs> so yeah. the... the uh, those in the sexual community definitely don't lack creativity, obviously, when it comes to book titles. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Um, so just quickly, um, I think I asked you this last time as well. If you had the opportunity to put um, a billboard in Times Square, New York, all that energy of the chaos and you know all that synthetic, if you will, um, what would be the billboard that you would erect that would sort of bring people to your, like, would bring your message to the people? Hide nothing. Mm. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Hide nothing, hold nothing back. Ah, beautiful. Profound. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, and my last question, and by no means my least question, is um, who are you beyond uh, the skin suit, beyond... You know the the sex coach, the the sexuality coach, the men's coach, the empowered man, um, beyond you know all the all the pieces of writing, all the all the work that you contribute, um, your day to day. It's esoteric in its nature. Um, who yeah. is beyond the name Dave McDermott? A man who's constantly exploring what it means to be authentic. I love that. <laughs> it's like the pursuit is in the answer of the question too. Mm. So good. <laughs> I love that question. It's actually my favorite question. <laughs> <It's beautiful. laughs> awesome. Um, so, brother, I um, I'm gonna yeah, that's that's gonna um, bring me to just thanking you so much um, mm. for your time and your energy today again, um, which you know, it was uh, the first time that this is, I've had to do this uh, and it's, it's actually worked out really well. I really enjoyed um, revisiting um, concepts and we definitely went into new areas in this conversation. And so, yeah. um, and I think that for me is again, super, 
uh, a testimonial almost in itself was just the authenticity of your message, just how like, you know, we could dance in so many different areas and still come up with so much potent content. Mm -hmm. Um, I really, yeah, really grateful for the work that you're doing. Um, and I know it's like, you know, you do one-on-ones, um, but also like, you know, you offer yourself up quite freely. Um, I know you were recently at Confest holding workshops for people as well. Um, and so it's, it's really a gift and, uh, I'm really gr grateful that you've gone on that journey of, um, of working with your own, um, I guess your own challenges and then hello, can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was just saying the the journey of finding your own, um, embracing your own challenges and then finding your own gift through that and then sharing with that, like that takes a lot of courage and a thank lot you. of um, self-realization. So that's really a blessing for all of us to receive from that. So thank you so much. Thank you very much. Um, so for those that want to get in touch um, with Dave, um, what's the best way for people to reach out to you, brother? Uh, empoweredman.com.au ah, is yeah. the best way. So um, I run the Empowered Man program, which is a 12-month program for men uh, going deeply into those areas of masculine empowerment yep. as well as sexual empowerment and understanding women. So it's for guys who are committed to evolving in those areas who want to put a focus on relating to women authentically and creating healthy romantic lives so if that you know for guys listening if that resonates for you um check out empoweredman.com.au get in touch let's chat sweet and they can fill out like an autoresponder or something there like a yeah box yeah perfect brilliant cool guys that's uh that's dave mcdermott for you it's been such a treat to share your message and i'm i'm glad that we got it. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, brother. Thanks, Amrit. Peace. Hey, tribe. Thanks for tuning in to another fun, enlightening episode of the Inspired Evolution. I've been loving all the feedback and personal stories of love, uh, health, and growth. Your feedback and stories are incredibly welcome. The easiest way to connect with me is via my website, which is www.amrit-sandu.com. You can leave me a message or a comment. It's one of my highest values to connect, so I love to connect and love to hear from you. You can also find me on Facebook, Amrit Sandu. And if the content has been resonating with you, you can help the Inspired Evolution out in a big way by liking the YouTube channel, subscribing to the Inspired Evolution, or the Facebook page, like that please, at the Inspired Evolution, or by leaving a review on iTunes if you're on an Apple device. And also, if the Inspired Evolution episodes are inspiring an evolution within you, or you can feel the inspiration is valuable for your team to evolve to the next level, you can head on over to www.amrit-sandu.com to see how the Inspired Evolution can help you and your team thrive. Much love, tribe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 